Thanks for tuning in to Take This. I'm your co-host, Brad LaPlante, and today, Griff Sutton and I will dive into the horrific ending to the Tigers game this week, as well as our predictions for the NFL Draft. And as always, every episode streams live from 7.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday evenings. So sit back and enjoy the rest of our show. We have the greatest show for you today. Griff, are you ready? We just figured out your camera situation. We had a minor technical difficulty but now we are we are back. We are back after a quick hiatus, and we figured Listen, it man, out. It's it's football off season. I'm not breaking down the Tigers every week, so I you know I will and I will, and so that is what I am here to do today. I am going to break down the Detroit Tigers because if well, you we need to talk about them today because they made the Tigers unfortunately only seem to make national. Headlines, relevance, you know, trendingness um, when they do something. It, typically, lately, if they do those things, it's because uh, they did something stupid. And boy, howdy, did they do something stupid last night. It's like the Mets used to be, you know, like the Mets would only be on. You guys are still all <laughs> Mets until proven otherwise. You guys have to save yourself from that title. I will tell you that. So... Anyway, Griff, you watched the game last night. How was how was that? That so was I didn't I watched didn't the Red watch Wings because mm. I I too. So here's what happened. Uh, I was watching the Red Wings game. They got beaten by the Maple Leafs, but the Red Wings are like an AHL team at this point with how many people are just injured and the season is one game left, right? But I kept checking the Tigers score and they were down three nothing. It looked boring, so I just didn't even tune in. And then I did tune in after someone in one of the discords I'm in was like, Javi, and I check, and the score's 4-3, and I tune in. Javi Baez hits a three-run go-ahead shot to take the lead 4-3. Um, it's the, like, the, the Tigers go down in the bottom of the eighth, and they're going to the top of the, or sorry, they go down to the top of the ninth, they're going to the bottom of the ninth, and I was exhausted last night. Like, I did not sleep well the night before. So I went to bed and I've been like fighting the sinus infection, which is another reason why we haven't recorded the last two weeks. I felt like dog shit. I'm still getting over it, but uh, I'm better now. Anyway, so I went to bed thinking, I, I'm sure nothing will happen. I'm like, well, well, worst case, they'll blow the lead, whatever. I wake up this morning to the you the text messages you sent me to the discord. I'm in freaking out over what happened. I, you know. Every morning I just scroll through Twitter. It's like reading the newspaper for me. But, you know, I, typically because most of my Twitter feed is there's some other things that get in there, but it's a lot of sports. Right. So it's it's my way of kind of seeing what big things happened in sports. And what I'm seeing everyone, you know, fucking John Boy talking baseball, ESPN, all the major sport, you know, major you know MLB on Fox Twitter account all of them tweeting this clip and I'm watching it and I'm like in a it's like you know it's fucking three this is at like three in the morning when I'm checking it I went back to sleep after this but it was three in the morning and I'm like what the fuck happened how did that happen got it fucking Robbie Grossman strikes again in the outfield 
And my thought was, yeah, this is like the most Tigers. This is welcome to the Detroit sports experience. It's only pain, man. So it seems for me, like it seems like the experience has gotten almost like as bad as like the Lions are, you know, like watching them is like you just find ways to lose. It's not quite lionized yet. No, no, but but baseball is a different sport, right? Like baseball, it is easier to win games because there are so many different variables. I mean, you throw up a a shitty starting pitcher, you face one, the whole game is the dynamic of it's changed. In football, like it is so much easier to be sort of bad, right? They're not really comparable. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, the Tigers' 40-win season one year was like the Lions winning three games. You know you know right. what I mean? It's not the same, but it feels the same. It's like getting to that point where I'm just very much, like a lot of people are feeling very optimistic, and I want to talk about the playoffs uh, momentarily. No, yeah, so hits Grossman glove. Grossman throws it in. Great throw in, though. Scope butchers the ball, spikes it into the ground. Haas, the ball's covered in mud and completely floats it. Yeah. All of that, oh. all of that was to like lose. watching a Little League game. No, that that is – so what I remember when I played Little League, the biggest thing coaches teach you is don't compound a bad situation, right? If you make an error, just corral the ball, run run it in, right? They say run the ball into like your pitcher, throw it over a shorter distance so you don't make a mistake. And everything about that was just misery. So it starts with Grossman, who should right. have made that catch. I watched it. I remember saying initially, like, it's a tough catch. I can understand why it's done, Eric. He's got to make that catch. There, It's a hard catch, but there's way harder. He got a glove on it. He's a major league baseball player. You have to make that catch. Now, Grossman kind of redeems himself because he immediately recovers and he throws a great ball in. It was a rocket to scope, right? And because there was only one out, they could have, the runners were tagging. So you would have, they got the ball in before a run could score. So the Tigers still had the lead to that point. But here's where the chaos happened. And the, the the twins had they not made this the base running errors would have been bases loaded and we would have gone to the next batter double play still in play you know but what happened is uh what was that so throw no, by scope what was that throw, that was such a it was an awful throw and that that really was what killed it because that is what made the ball so muddy and dirty that Haas just fucking butterballed it out of his fingers but if you watch the clip it watch Sano before the ball, like as the ball is getting to Haas. Sano is actually the one who makes the base running mistake initially. He starts running to second, and then because of that, I think it's Urias on second, uh, uh, who's on second, panics and starts running to third. And it's this point they realize it. Now, there's what Haas should have done here. Now he could have just held it which is the safe play. But here's the thing, you know, it's you want to get get the out, right? Then it's one out. You can't get no one scoring a tag, a sack fly. Look at Baez up at second base. He's the only one who is where he should be. And he knows where the ball needs to go. 
You throw it to Baez. Now Urias can't come back to second because he'll get tagged out. And if he goes to third, there's two guys on third, and Soto is covering home. So if the guy on third tries to make a break for home, they'll throw him out at the plate, right? Like, it's just like you have them in a pickle. So, and what would probably happen is this guy in third, I don't think would risk it. They would just run Urias all the way to the bag on third and tag one of them because there'd be two runners on one base. One of them would be out. Sano would probably go to second, maybe in all that chaos. But actually, if you look, he's actually retreating back to first in this frame we're paused at here. So it doesn't matter what base he's on because if you tag him out, it's two outs. And all you it doesn't you know you don't have to worry about double play anymore. So yeah, right there you can see they both start retreating. If that ball goes to Baez, he's either going to tag him out at second or chase him all the way back to third base. And like I said, if the guy on third tries to do something f- funny, Soto is covering home, so he's not going to start running until Haas. But Haas panicked because it was a split second decision, and he probably had a lot of people yelling at him to throw the ball. Um, and he th- threw it to third. Now, even if he th- made a good throw to third, they'd probably still get an out out of the situation. But because he sailed it, because it was covered in mud, uh, well, and over. and part of that too is like you know if if you have, I don't know. I I mean, I never thought that Eric Haas is a great MLB catcher, right? Like like I no, think that he, he's good he's enough utility. to be a backup. He's a he's a Swiss Army knife, you know he. He's a guy you can if you he's a pinch hitter. He can play catcher when you need to give Barnhart a day off. He can play left field if you he like that's what's great about him is if you need a pinch hitter, position doesn't matter as much. Like if you have Willie Castro or or Derek Hill in the outfield, but you need a really clutch hit at like in like the seventh inning, he can go and then play in the outfield after that. You don't have to use two different uh substitutions. Or again, if you want to the whole reason Haas was in the game is because Barnhart was the starting catcher, but they, they brought in Haas to pinch hit. And that's kind of like the nice thing about him is like, if you need a hit in a clutch situation or just need a hit, he's your better bet. And then he can go and play catcher for Barnhart, who let's be honest, is a weaker part of the batting lineup. Yeah. And and um, that's, and that's the thing, right? Like, like the offense I will give you that, that Barnhart's bat has not been very loud. And, and it's, and that is not, I guess, like, I mean, his batting average is fine. It's 241, but that's nothing to, that's not, he kind of lacks the power department. Like he's got no home runs. He's got no RBI. I, I don't, I don't think he makes that mistake. No, absolutely not. You wanna you wanna know something too, and I and I was texting you about this. I will vehemently, ve- I will aggressively defend Tucker Barnhart, and I because I know that I was reading all these replies from people who were talking about Tucker Barnhart's like I he's no Gold Glove winner, whatever. Let me read you his fielding stats for his career. All right, and by the way, by the way, Tucker Barnhart has played right field. For Cincinnati, he has played first base for Cincinnati. He has, so he's been around. He played one game in in right field, one game he switched in the outfield in 2015. Um, so two games in the outfield, one game he uh, he. Um, or I'm sorry, he's played first base multiple times in uh, in recent years at first base. So he has fielding experience everywhere. His fielding 
percentage in his career, and and this is career fielding percentage as a catcher, where you get so many opportunities, right? 99.7%. 99.7%. No, he's a, he defensively, he is great. And you know what? People don't realize this, how great a, a good catcher is for young pitchers. And that's, Absolutely. I think, I think like, Scooble, like, he, first outing was rough, but it was his first outing of the year. It was cold as shit. Right. Second outing, he did great. And I think right. he's up. Is he pitching tonight? I don't know who's pitching tonight. It might be mm. him. No, tonight's Pineda. Yeah, tonight's uh, Pineda. And then um, was, was, I don't was even. La- I couldn't even night? tell you their rotation order if I'm going to be honest. No, last night was Erod. I'm gonna let me just go to. I know place. tonight is Pineda. Tonight, um, tonight I've Pineda. So, but okay, but but look at this too. Okay, so the at in in the years that Tucker Barnhart has been in the MLB, the average amount of runs or runners that catchers have put out is 27%. Okay. That is the, that is the average caught stealing ratio or rate. All right. Tucker Barnhart's career is 32%. And like, I know that all of you are oh, worried. Yeah. By the way, his last day pitch, he pitched on Saturday during the day game. School. I think he's pitching. Yeah. I think he's pitching tomorrow, by the way. That game, they shut out the Rockies, and he pitched, I think, five or six uh, innings. I think he only gave up like two hits. So the Scooble's got of a, a big ceiling a that I start. I would be very very helpful for. He's also had Tommy John surgery, so unlike Casey Mize, you might not be spending two years without Tarek Scooble. Not to uh, not to uh, you know I know we're gonna get into the hot takes in a bit in a minute here, but uh, hot take. Tariq Skubal is this team's future ace, not Casey. You Mize. think so? You really think so? I think he's got the better potential to do that. It. Is that is an interesting, especially take. because we are gonna like, I don't know. Maybe like I could see it being a situation where like Mize is gonna hit his peak after Skubal's peak because Mize is gonna need to get shut down. I, I, I know like they had they they said he probably Mize won't need Tommy John. I just feel like at some point this year, it's going to happen. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I would think, I don't know that it will happen this year, but if it's not this year, then it's the next. And it's like, I would just get him the surgery anyway. I would have gotten it for him last year because what this team is not, it's not like they're making the playoffs. If they shut him down well, at the beginning I, of last I'll season, by the God, I'm, I do have the Tigers game on my other monitor. If, if they, I, Javi Baez is so good, but man, he really he swings at everything. Oh, I'm aware. Oh, I'm aware. But then, he, but you know what? He does what he did last night. That's you know that's what he is. He is. And I and I've told this story and... a million times. Um, when when we were talking, uh, when Javi Baez was on the Mets, we were doing this podcast last year, and I remember watching a game. And I and it's even wild. It's more wild when you see it on live TV. But I watched a game in which Javi Baez swung at two pitches up and in that were not even close to the strike zone. Right. But then he takes strike three right down the middle. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, obviously, you know, he did that. I have patience with this team, but I'm pessimistic. I have patience with a touch of pessimism. Because I am so negative about 
Jonathan Scope and Jamer Candelario that I am like my I'm growing like a hatred and I'm 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 almost like part of me like with Scope like this is gonna sound like fucked up but I'm almost glad he's not doing well so I can say I told you so right which Thank- I yeah. never want to do I want to be wrong when I think a guy is bad and he plays for the team I like I want to be wrong I never want to be right there it's like God, you know, fucking sound like what's his name in Jurassic Park. Uh, God, why do I got to be right all the time? <laughs> God, I hate being right all the time. And, and don't get me wrong. I definitely have had some bad evaluations of like talent in all major sports. Right. I mean, it's nothing. But you I do. really, really thought that I, I, I thought scope like last year felt like lightning in a bottle felt like the unicorn. And I don't have confidence that he's going to repeat it. Now, I know everyone's saying the whole team had a rough April and the whole team, you know, but the thing is, one, there's no telling if they're going to get off of this hump and then, you know, bounce back. The other thing is you can't have a rough April. Everyone talks about how this team could have been like 500 or better maybe last year if they didn't lose, like go 19 games below 500 like to start the year. So if this team really wants to take a step forward, go, go 500 or better, and you know I know this is the team saying it, so like they always have to talk about it, but really make a shot at that expanded playoff. You need to win games now, and you can't you can't throw them away like you did last night. And I know it's early; we are only 10 percent through the season. But and you know what the boy, craziest part boy. is? Is that this is already a bad division, and I did not anticipate it being this bad. Like, I thought that the White it's Sox so would at least seem a little bit more credible well, they, than they, they have been. They, they've lost some. They've lost a lot of guys to injury. And like, yeah, well, and like, like the Tigers are fourth place, tied for fourth in the in the division, and then you got two teams that are seven and ten, one game ahead of them. You got um. You got the Twins, who are lead the division somehow. Lead the division, 9-8. And, and all these people were like, oh, the Twins. I think they just had a bad year. Like, is that safe to... Is they that- lost Buxton. That was literally it. They lost Byron. He's their best player. Uh, I've, like, Byron Buxton, the amount of run saves he... he Like, the amount of defensive runs saved he has in the outfield on top of his bat and his speed, it's just insane. The dude is he's 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 wonderful he's immaculate um and if he stays healthy and this team stays healthy like they're they're gonna be the al uh central champs but like the thing is this division is so bad that like tigers could could take it like they could they absolutely could but i'm saying they absolutely have the potential if these i i here's the thing the defense i don't think is as fixable you have Javier Baez, who's a great shortstop, and you have Torque, who has done very well at first. Like for being a rookie, he is acclimated very well to playing defensively at first base. And then you will get Green back in uh, in June, right? Like that's the hope is he'll be back in June, which I think he does make the outfield at least somewhat better because you can kind of you Meadows will play every day. Green will be in center, and then you can either platoon uh, Grossman and Akil Badu in right field, depending on the day, pitcher matchup, et cetera, et cetera, right? 
And like, then you're really only glaring holes in the defense that are like really bad. I would say is Candelario at third base. Yeah. Don't um, even get me started. Uh, yeah. So, and like, cause scope plays second and he's a serviceable second baseman. Second base, I think is probably the easiest infield position. Like they're all like it's MLB, right? Like it's none of it's easy, but I would say it's probably the one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like at. if if you want to talk about baseball, when I played baseball, I played second base. Shortstop is the like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Right field, but <laughs> like, uh, shortstop is easily the most important, and our best defensive player plays shortstop, and we've already seen that benefit with with Baez. He's made some spectacular plays. When I when I played baseball, I my coach put me at third base once, and uh, I the the kid that hit the ball to me tripped, and he still made it. If that is any <laughs> indication of how athletic I was as a child, and I they put me at first because I was really tall, so I was the one who could make the reaches for the really right. balls. <laughs> And so I want to, and and my hot take kind of blends in with yours, I guess, um, because I wanted to talk about my like my feelings about Detroit, and how they're not, um, like it's like I've been a lot of very cynical, very cynical with this team. So uh, right, I have to. And but I went into this season because they brought Torque up and they were gonna bring Green up. I was like, all right. I'll buy into the hype a little. And it it has been fun. Like, Torkelson leads the team in home runs. That's fucking awesome. Now, that's also a kind of a shows how bad the team is. Also, Baez was off the team for a little bit. You can't rely on two rookies, though, or a rookie no, right you... now. My issue, my issue right now is that the Tigers are, like, their, their homegrown talent. Like, do you remember when the Tigers had all those promotions and ads with when they had, like, Maglia or Donez, when they had... Uh, um, we, obviously they just got Cabrera. Um, right. They had Polanco. They had Verlander. Even you like had Brandon and, Inge. <laughs> and, right. And they were like, who's your tiger? You know, like, like Brandon Inge was like loved by the team and the fans and everything. And he was just a, he was a, a, a mid rate player. You know, he wasn't that great at, you know, playing baseball, but, but the, the fans loved him. Um, the who's your tiger thing has almost like like it's such an effect that's so weird like because people were because i remember last season when i was i was throwing out the idea i'm like what if the tigers like traded akil badu to a different team for like better prospects right and people treated me like I, that was some crazy ass thing to say because like think about it like akil badu still has problems with lefties can't play in the outfield his defense is is getting there, I, right? I, I'd rather hit, have him in the outfield than Grossman. And than well, Grossman. and I agree, but you need an MLB outfield. And yeah. so my point though is that like Akil Badu, yeah, he's young, and yeah, he still has like six years of service time. But like, if the moment is there, if the opportunity is there, shouldn't you? I guess be, take yeah, it. Depending, you know? on, depending on what you can get for him, right? Oh, like, I mean, absolutely. I think because but people just value. fell in love with he's got, him because he's got he started of off value. Hot. Well, yeah, and, and and he's got a ton of value in terms of your like you mentioned service time. He is young. He is still developing. And if he ends up turning into a superstar, you want him on this team, right? Um, I mean, he yeah, was, so and he was think, like a second round pick too. So it's not like he was, you know, yeah. not valued forever. 
Um, right. I, I, and, and my point, my main point really is that it is a reaction to, um, cause this is my take is that it was, it was a reaction to what I heard on the radio, uh, today because I was listening and some, some caller called in, um, to the Detroit sports radio here and said that he's 36. All right. And he does not think that the Tigers will win the world series in his lifetime. And I, and I just want to be clear that that is crazy to think. Okay. And, and I'm not saying that it's crazy because it's true, but it's crazy because it's wrong. And I will tell you why it is wrong with one specific team as an example. The 2021 Atlanta Braves were not a good team, and they won the World Series. They were miles better than the Tigers, but they were not a good team. So it is not like I'm asking the Tigers to like be this ultimate amazing you know i don't i'm not asking the tigers to spend like the dodgers and like the mets and like because like think about it if the mets don't win the world series what did they spend all that money for essentially another season right they i mean at the end of the day they still did not do what they sought to do which is win the world series and with the tigers like I just want you want your team to be competitive on a daily basis. You want your team to be watchable because the team that I watched yesterday wasn't watchable at all. It was like watching a college team and I was scouting the worst of the worst. It you know, it wasn't like it was this really untangible like I'm it was I guess it's just so disappointing. And Again, like with the way that the MLB has built this, the the league, you don't have to be good to win. You, in fact, like most uh, of the yeah, teams that win, get hot at the right time. Ex exactly. So, like, so, like, yeah, I th I do believe that the Tigers will win a World Series in my lifetime. But like, I, it is, but if they are not competing day in and day out like they aren't right now, then no. They probably won't if this is just what continues to be the formula. Because, again, they haven't built. I mean, this is year seven, five or seven. Yeah. Five by the most generous of estimates, you know, and it's they seven. still haven't grown any real players, you know. But Other than uh, Torking Green. And well, and that's the thing. That's my point, though. Like you can't rely. Green, like they still got to prove they're gonna pan out. Now, Torque so far, I think. Oh, I, and I and I full Great trust Torque and Green more than I trust Casey Mize right now. I mean, you got to think yeah. about that. I mean, Casey yeah, Mize, Mize is also is not is just it's injury. That's all it is. I mean, I, I and I fully agree. Like I'm not saying because I, I don't think that Mize will be like Mize some sort of bust. He can still be a top pitcher in this league. Absolutely. He can, he can be the ace. He just needs to he just needs to work it out. I'm not giving up on Mize. I it just the injury and the potential for Tommy John scares me. I almost just want them to get it out of the way so we can move on. Right? Well, and that's exactly what they should have done. But um anyway, we digress. You think it yeah, I, so, I, you know, I think I'll, I'll say this. I'm gonna yeah. say this one thing, man. And this is more of a testament to Detroit sports as a whole. The amount people care about 
this team doing well. Like people are upset about last night. Now, if this happened last year, people just laugh. But this year they're upset because there's now expectations. And the people, especially in this city, so badly want this team to be good that they are willing into existence because every team around here has stunk for years. Tigers, Pistons, Wings, all in a rebuild. The, the the Lions, you know, getting out of the dark era of Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, you know, it has been really rough. And so the, there's this glimmer of hope, right, with the, you know, the Wings, even with rookies, you need a fully fleshed out team, whereas in baseball, you need nine guys, right? Like you need, it's not as much of a, a you don't need that as much depth. So... Like yeah, the piss the the Red Wings have this great hope with 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 their rookies. The Pistons have this great hope with Cade, and now they're going to get a lottery pick this year. They're going to be picking the top three. They're going to get another stud. Um, you know, between that and then like the the Tigers feel like they're ready to take the next step, go five hundred, be in the wild card hunt, and really next year, I think people are going to have the expectations of you got to make the playoffs. Um, but depending on what they do in free agency, what they trade for, et cetera, et cetera. So I think t- they just like the city just needs a win and having a winner, um, you know, they just want this team to be good. And I think it has the potential. It's just these bats, man. The entire team is Torkelson, Cabrera and Meadows. And like Baez is, is good, but like, or did I say Cabrera? I meant Torkelson. Baez and uh, Meadows and like Cabrera's been getting on base relatively decently and um, Robbie Grossman I mean let's be honest his biggest upside is his offense and his on base percentage in the leadoff spot but the rest of this lineup is just like man over 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 like they just can't get the fucking ball in play they can't get on base so I'm hoping they get it together. I'm hoping again. I want to be wrong about scope. I'm hoping he does something to prove me wrong. Oh, did Torque just hit a dinger? Did Torque just hit a dinger? Oh, it went foul. Oh, that was close. <laughs> oh, I thought he did it. Thought it was number four. It was a really good hit. He man, I'm really impressed with Torkelson's opposite. Well, he's power. got a lot of um opposite field power. I think that's what everyone's been very like excited for, right? Like one thing Miggy is was very good at. He loved yeah. going opposite field he was he was really good at like miggy was like i will put the ball somewhere based on where you give it to me and could time his swing to get that i am really hoping this season that we see um torkelson in the home run derby that would be that, that would i be really sick. would love it that would i don't be know sick. if you will but man it would be fun also, I the other thing about Torkelson, uh, this is the Torkelson fan appreciation podcast, apparently. But, <laughs> dude, he's the only bright spot I have on this team. Him and him and Baez, but I just really am excited about it because it seems like he's going to work out. But I really appreciate how patient he is at the plate. He's oh yeah, drawn, he is. He oh, has he's drawn nine walks this year. Oh yeah, because like, you know, and, his and average that's... is only two twenty four, but his on base percentage is uh, like three fifty. He just drew a ten another walk, like. Dude is an on-base percentage king, and like obviously, <laughs> I, I would love to see him, you know, put it in play. But we just saw he, he hit the ball well; it just went went just foul. But he's not gonna swing at pitches 
that aren't worth swinging at. And that is like for him to already have that good of discipline. Oh, it's, it's gonna It's just so huge. And I'm, I'm very, uh, very excited. Oh, I can't wait for green to be up June baseball. I think will be really fun, but we will see. You know, his on base percentage right now is three fifty six. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like a whole, you know, 10th higher than his batting average because he's just, it's from the walks. He has nine walks. He just got his 10th. <laughs> That's insane. His 10th walk of the season. That's crazy. So he's averaging like, like he's averaging one walk for every two strikeouts. Yeah. Um, uh, well, a little bit more than two. One walk. He's averaging better than one walk every uh, two games. That's crazy. He has a better chance of walking in a game than not. Anyway, <laughs> Brad, do we want to get into hot takes? Um, well, I already gave you mine. I think you have you have one more. Yeah. So, so mine kind of had to do with uh, the Tigers. I said they're going to finish with a worse record than last year. And that's me being probably a little reaction. It's definitely me being reactionary. This team definitely has time to turn it around, but I really do worry about the defense and I worry about the bottom end of this lineup with scope and Candelario getting it together. Obviously Barnhart, you know, can he at least be a somewhat reliable bat down there? Can Badu kind of recapture that magic that he had last year? That's a lot of question marks and I don't know if they do it. It, if they do, though, it'll be because of A.J. Hinch. But that that was my other one. And then I have another one about Cade Cunningham. So if anyone's listened to the show for an extended period of time, you'll know. Um, we're not the biggest basketball fans here. Um, but the <laughs> you'll know that... Uh, we do still follow the Pistons, at least somewhat. And my big hot take for the Pistons and for Cade is that Cade Cunningham, so not only did he not win Rookie of the Year, he didn't even come in second. He came in third. My hot take is him not winning Rookie of the Year is actually going to be a better is actually going to be better in the long run. And my reasoning for that, not really any sort of scientific reason that most hot takes aren't i think he's going to embody the detroit blue like the so like the detroit mantra is like the going to work pistons you know we're we're blue collar we're gonna get down and dirty and we're gonna we're gonna grind it out and get the job done i think Cade is gonna and what's also the detroit versus everybody mentality right and which like whether right or wrong it's a great mentality to have because <clears throat> it, it it's a motivator. Like, whether it's right or wrong, it's a great motivator. It's, I think, why Michigan did so well last year was us against the world kind of thing. And I think him not winning it, it let's be honest, the reason he didn't win is because he wasn't on a playoff team like the other two guys were. They were both on playoff teams with better teams around them, and yet Cade still had better stats. But because they're playing in meaningful basketball games, Cade didn't win it. So I 100% think he's going to carry that chip on his shoulder, and he was already going to be a fantastic player. He's going to be even better than we could have expected. So uh, that is my You really think? Okay, okay. I mean, he, I think 
<coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Even if he won it, he was going to be a great player. But I think yeah. this is just that that little bit more motivation in the offseason, that little bit more, you know, grind it out, couple more reps at the gym kind of thing. You know, like he's going to he's going to be coming to 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 prove he's trying to he's trying to prove the world wrong he's trying to make a statement saying i should have won that fucking award and you were wrong for not giving it to me like i said i think he's gonna be a great player and i think he might be the best uh one of the best pistons we've seen in a long while yeah it's it's and and trust me it's been a while (laughs) also uh just want to say i absolutely love uh javier Baez's orange cleats <laughs> yeah it's well you know they changed the rules a while ago like uh like a couple of years ago i think it was 2019 or something like that they changed the rules where now like you can wear like you know they you know they used to be very like strict on what color cleats you could have and stuff like that uniform policy um so I, griff i want to ask you one more question before we get into the nfl draft of of the Detroit athletes who are sort of making their name for themselves, um, and I want to ask you this question with one caveat. Well, it's actually not a caveat. It's the opposite of a caveat. Um, who? So who is your favorite athlete that is that is young, that is the future of Detroit sports? And if the the, the Lions... I will let you al- I will allow you, I should say, to add whoever you like if you if the Lions take someone worth that you know name, right, then you can add them to that list. Okay. Obviously um, they haven't done that yet. Well, I'll say that so my favorite hands down feature of this city in terms of like who like of all the young players in the city right now who do i think has like the best shot of being uh like a hall of famer and who do i think will have the best career in their respective league and who is just my favorite overall is just the, the all three of these are the same answer it's mo it's most cider 100 percent it's most cider yeah and, and you know He's and insane. that is that is the same i will give the same answer He's Obviously. the runaway rookie of the year this year. Right. He's playing. He leads every like rookie defenseman stat and category scoring. I think he does. He doesn't lead in goals. He's second place in goals, but he's first in points with forty nine. I really hope he gets fifty tomorrow or Friday when they play. Just fifty point season as a rookie defenseman on like the worst defensive lead team in hockey. Pretty good. Does and the, his plus minus, not including empty netters, because empty netters count for plus minus for some reason. He on even on a team as bad as the Red Wings has like a plus eight if you take out empty netters, which I think shouldn't count towards plus minus. On in the NHL, do they have a stat that like tracks how many? Well, I'm sure they do, right? Because it's line time is a big issue, right? Like, um, do they have a yeah, stat that high... tracks how much like you're saving goals? Or like, yeah, there, there's so there's like, yeah, there's advanced analytics in, um, in hockey. I can let me look one up because I know because uh, I know it's it's in in a way it's like very different, right? Like you can't track, for example, like so, possession or something like that because possession in hockey just does not happen. 
you know, like that. So, just... so his average time on ice is 23 minutes a night, which is right. insane for right. a rookie defenseman. Also, yeah, sorry. I'm getting like totally washed out <laughs> by my Wait, I can fix this. <laughs> we were having some issues with his, uh, for those of you who, um, who are listening on Spotify or Apple or whatever, you well, won't now, get to see this, but so now yeah. it's a little bit better. So for our YouTube um, viewers, we're going to probably have to adjust his, uh, his co- exposure one more time. Yeah. Well, cause I still have all this, like it's still bright out. Like it's not this bright. I had to turn my fucking, I'll probably have to turn my camera brightness back down. Life's a, uh, Life's a nightmare. Anyway, advanced stats for Mr. Moritz. Uh, yeah, uh, this is last. Well, five you know games. what the crazy thing is? The dude's nineteen. He's just turned. Tw- he no. He he just turned twenty-one. Okay, okay. I guess that's just fair. Turned um, which one's is is Lucas Raymond is the one the one that's nineteen? Lucas, yes, is slightly younger. Because, okay, yeah, that's my bad then. But no, still, 21 is uh, holy shit, you know? Like, to play, yeah. because if you're in hockey, like, because I know a lot of people don't watch hockey, right? Where, like, you, you know, like, maybe can get a lot, like, if in baseball, right? We're seeing a lot of players who are, like, younger, who are, like, kind of just taking over the, the, the league. In hockey, it's a lot different because you got all these older players and being older sometimes is, you know, if you're in your 30s, like you're still a physical guy, you know, like it's, you know, it's one of those things where like being young, you have to compete with these guys who might be a lot stronger than you and you have to put on some weight or not, well, put on some muscle, you know, and, you know, you got to be able to command the ice and the way that cider has done that is insane. You know, yeah, the dude's find... like, the dude's a rock. He's fighting people, putting up fists, saving goals that, that, that obviously need to be saved. You know? Yep. I was going to say his, uh, I'm trying to, yeah, NHL advanced stats are very weird. I even have a hard time understanding them. You I know, know what's he's crazy like though out- is that most cider five, five teams passed on him. They did, and he remember when he got drafted, he was like it was a controversy because they people thought they took him too soon. Really, Wings fans were pissed. I remember, <laughs> and all I could think was it's Steve Eiserman. In Stevie, we trust. God, this right. That um, is, yeah. That is, it's crazy. Like if he is. Oh my gosh. I'm like, cause I'm just looking at his, he's what? Ger- so he's from Germany, Germany and okay. Yeah. Cause well, I mean, he wasn't very highly touted, you know, like he didn't have like a shit ton of his like thing was all-stars. He, he, he didn't have a lot. His offense wasn't that good, but he's gotten so much better at that, that it's right. like, not really an issue anymore. Oh yeah. So let's see. Corsi four at even strength above 50 means teams throwing book more often than not when this player uh, was on the ice. So they're, yeah, they had more control. They had 47% and then offensive zone Facebooks will took on the ice. Yeah. Basically his stats all around show and you can just, he passes the eyeball test too. Um, it was, he just has done very, very well. 
uh, it's kind of crazy that he's done so so well at, at such a young age. He's gonna win the Calder. He's the betting favorite. He's like minus three fifty to to win it. I would absolutely take him. But listen, there there's a lot of really really good rookies in this town, and it it's very nice to see because it means we're finally on the up and up. That's true. So you did mention this kind of leads into the draft talk. Is there a line who I think could take that spot that they draft? I don't think so no. because I don't think the draft class is as strong. I think this draft class is weak. And I think that like because well, I shouldn't I think, say weak. I should say it's, it's I think not it's, top heavy. It's right because a lot of the players that you're that you're going to take in the top of the draft are going to be your non-skill players, your non like difference makers, right? Where they're not like uh like Aiden Hutchinson, even if he's taken like overall, like he could make the defense better, obviously. You know, I wouldn't be upset if, you know, the Lions took Jordan Davis. That would be insane because, you know, they're gonna have a great run <laughs> defense if that's the case. You know, and but the passing league. <laughs> Well, yeah, yes, but but Jordan Davis is, I mean, he could be that guy. I mean, they could also take Kayvon Thibodeau. Could, could he be? I hope they take Kayvon. And I think, I think you know what, I I'm, think you know what I'm, I'm thinking on? Here's my prediction. Hutchinson is there. Here is, here is my prediction, all right? My, if I had to guess where, where they're going to go and I'm just spitting out. All right. This is my top three because I think the top three are the most debatable, right? Mm -hmm. Top three for me would be, uh, Jacksonville takes, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Okay. And then Lions would take Trayvon and then Kayvon Thibodeau. You don't think so? No. If the Lions take Trayvon Walker, I'm jumping out of a window. <laughs> we'll, we'll be streaming you it. Think so? I will jump out of a window. So then you think Trayvon that, that Trayvon Walker will go? No, if, they, if, if, if Jacksonville takes... <laughs> Why don't Aiden you Hutchinson? want Trayvon Walker? Trayvon, because he, he was... He wasn't even the best player on his on the defensive line on that Then team. why would the, was, why would Jacksonville take him? Why is everyone hyping him up? They're trying to be the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> I mean, okay. I guess I, I guess think, that's that's here's true. The thing. Aiden's a very good player. I just don't think I think he's got a way less chance of being elite. I think so Thibodeau do I. does. I think he will have, I think Hutchinson will have a great career. I think he'll have six to seven, eight sacks a year and be out of the league in seven years. Very nice career. Not no gold jacket though, right? Right. I think Thibs. I'm not saying I don't think he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. I think he's got the better potential to be one though. Yeah. So I want. Uh, and I think here's the thing. So if if Jacksonville takes Aiden, I think 100% the Lions take, uh, uh, Kayvon. But if if the so if, but if the Jags take Trayvon Walker. Um, I think the Lions might still end up taking Thibodeau, even if Hutchinson's there, straight up, which I will not be mad about at all. I'm not going to be that mad if they take Hutchinson, because he's still a great player. I just have my preference. So there is, you know, there is, there is part of me who, 
Cause it's like, and I'm not a strategist. I don't know, you know, and cause, because in a lot of the, in a lot of this too, like, cause when we're talking about this, right, we're just, we're just two people don't know shit who are basically trying to give our yeah, we're not, best. We don't have grades. Right. Right. But, <laughs> but we, isn't we there, there's sort of a, a, a judgment rule, right. Or like there are, there are, are metrics. I should say that, that you'd like to think that you'd want to follow when, you know, like, for example, I don't think that anyone should ever take a QB out of the first round. I think that non-first-round QB decisions are pointless. I'll do and you one better. You shouldn't take a QB outside the top 10. Wasn't Patrick Mahomes taken outside of the top 10? I'm just saying as a matter of principle, so was Lamar Jackson. He was taking like 32. And that's true. And, Those and, guys are the exception, not the rule. Well, and well, right. And, and you're right. And I know that a lot of teams aren't drafting running backs in the first in the first round and i wouldn't take a running back until like unless it's a really good running back pool i'm not taking a running back to like round four i mean i still wouldn't even if even in even if you got a, a running back in it, it's say kenneth walker say kenneth walker the third i love you, you know him round three. msu msu fan all the way right it mm -hmm. even if Kenneth Walker, if I knew for a fact, if God comes down through the ceiling and tells me himself that in the future, Kenneth Walker III is going to have a season just like, uh, uh, what's his name for the Colts? Jonathan is Davis, right? Well, if, if I knew that he was going to have a career like that, a season like that, I would still not take Kenneth Walker III until maybe early second round, mid third, mid second round. Like that is the earliest that I would take him because there's just no, I just don't see a point for it. You know, like the running back, it's a passing league. You're not going to need him. You know, it's not as, you know, it's not at, you know, it's, it's a lot more risky to take him earlier. And, but there are, there are rules that you subscribe to when doing these sort of mock drafts. I think that a lot of, a lot more this year is going out the window or you might see that. I think that that's a possibility where you see a lot more of that go out the window or teams try to play it maybe more safe than they might in other years because I don't think that there's a confident, like I would just rather a team like the Lions, like if a team that I'm following goes the route of just trying to build a solid team, I don't give a shit where the pick is. You know, like if the lion, that's why, like, I wouldn't care if the lions took Jordan Davis, because as long as they are trying to improve, if Davis improves the defense, then I'm fine mm -hmm. with it. You know, you know, like, it's not like, I don't think that the third pick in the draft has more value than the seventh pick as, and just don't take a corner. That's all I say. Just don't take a corner. Yeah. Like, and that's really it. You know, I mean, positional value. I don't think the corner's worth it. I want, <clears throat> like, this is the weirdest draft I think I've seen in a while because it's so weak Absolutely. at the top, but it's got, like, really good guys throughout the first and second round. <clears throat> like, starters, right? Like, you got a lot of starting caliber players, but no one's, like, elite. I think the first three picks, it's, like, it's a total mystery. Like, I think the Lions are taking an edge. I have no fucking clue what Jacksonville's going to do. They could take a tackle still for all we fucking know, but I think they're going to take... I mean, they could take uh, Jordan Davis. <laughs> and then Houston, who the, who the fuck... I don't know what the Giants and Jets are thinking. I don't know what Houston's thinking. Like, 
they all have so many needs. It's like who fuck knows? Well, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking the Giants might trade their second first round pick. I could see it depending on who wants. I if Carolina doesn't take a QB, I could see the Steelers going up there to get Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, whichever one they want more. I could a hundred percent see them trying to do that. I mean, that makes sense for them. What they're so, trying to give up, don't know. Yeah, between that and like. I think this draft is going to have a lot of defense and wide receivers with some offensive tackles, but we're going to see a shit ton of defense in this first round. Like a lot of edge rushers, a lot of linebackers, a couple safeties, a couple corners, and um, yeah, a lot of D-line. Like we're going to see a lot of D-linemen, whether it's interior D-line or edge, it's going to be a lot. I think there's only going to be one quarterback in the first round, maybe two, but I think we're only going to two because I think maybe a second team gets desperate. It'll be Willis and Pickett will be the only two guys that go in the first round. Yeah. Um, fun fact, 2013 was the last time almost 10 years ago when only one QB went in the first round. And that quarterback in that draft was EJ Manuel. Really? So don't maybe it's been a while. You know, there's, maybe there's a reason why most people aren't taking uh, quarterbacks. <laughs> like, if people aren't taking quarterbacks in a draft, it means it's a bad draft class, you know? Like, it's a little anecdotal, but I think there's some some relevance to that. Yeah, and, and, and I saw that coming with, the like, I mean, just the college landscape too, right? Like, like even Alabama, they I mean, their best QB is a sophomore. You know, I would say that he's, I would yeah. say that, uh, he's the probably the best pick next year, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously he's not coming back for a senior season at Alabama, and he's got like a couple growth things that you know you could do. And I'm gonna, I mean, I'm expecting him to be like Joe Burrow, you know, next season. With I think Alabama is gonna be the number one champion just because they got a QB that or Bryce Young, right? That could play the fuck out of the ball, you know. I I, mm. I just I think that there's no doubt that Alabama isn't gonna win the championship. Yeah, and I think I that think, Bryce I Young's going to be the number one pick. I honestly, like right now, I can oh, yeah. I throw too. my hat in the ring. Give me money, FanDuel, take it. <laughs> Not an ad. Cool. Probably good odds put down now. But yeah, I think the other interesting thing about this draft is it report. There's been reports that only fifteen to eighteen guys, like if based on different reporters talking to different GMs around the league, there's only fifteen to eighteen guys that are getting for like a lot of teams only have 15, 18 guys on their big board as first round grades, meaning they only have half the like 16 people out of 32 slots that they think is worth using a first round pick on, which tells you like, even like even the back end of this first, like of the, of the first round is going to be a little crazy. Cause I think we're going to see people making some reaches just because the value isn't there. And I think there's going to be people trying to trade out of the first round to get more second round picks. But what I want to see the Lions do, and I think other teams would be smart for doing this, I'd love to see them get a little bit aggressive. Uh, I would love to see them take 32 and 34 and trade up into the mid-teens, into that 14-15 range. Because if so, according to the draft value chart, which is... You know, it's by no means an exact science and a perfect indicator of value. But if you go by the draft value chart, the 32 and 34 pick adds up to a little over 
1100, the 14th pick overall in the first round is worth 1400 points. So would Baltimore be willing to trade it? Who the fuck knows? But I would absolutely give up. I would absolutely give up one of those picks in order to, or both of those picks in order to move up and get a guy there, whether it's, um, you know, maybe you go and get Jordan Davis in that spot. Maybe you get Kyle Hamilton because he's still there. Maybe you get uh, Drake London if he's there. You know, if there is a guy on Brad Holmes, if I'm Brad Holmes and there is a guy who was in my top 10 on my big board and at 14, 15, he still hasn't been drafted yet. I'm going up and I'm getting him. If I truly believe this guy should have been a top 10 pick and I can trade up and get him at 15, especially knowing the like the end of this first round doesn't have nearly as much value as it normally uh, once might have, I'm absolutely making that trade. Now, and don't get me wrong, like the, the right guy's got to be there. Like, if, and if you really think there's two guys towards the end of that first round that you think can both be really good quality starters and that's more valuable in trading up, that's fine. Different philosophies. But I think getting aggressive and getting an elite difference maker, you know, a guy like Jamar Chase, a guy like Micah Parsons, as opposed to just getting a guy who's a nice starter, like um, uh, who's a good example? Um, someone who's like good, but just never really like 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 a quitty pay like you know Michigan former Michigan edge rusher like he, he's done really well in the Colts but he's not like he's not winning player of the year rookie of the year anything like that you're not getting that level of eliteness um which I really like I said to me that is worth giving up that second pick and getting the extra pick um, to me, it's it, it it's worth that. Like, yeah, I'm losing out on really what should be one more starting level player, but I'm getting instead of just two decent to good starters, I'm getting one great to elite player. So that's kind of my thought process going into tomorrow. I, really, the Lions take an edge rusher at two, either trade up with those two picks or you know, just take best player available, whether it's a receiver, a safety, a linebacker, whatever you can get. <clears throat> and don't draft a court. Uh, okay. If they draft Malik Willis, I won't scream about it. I, I'll be a little concerned, but I won't be like clearly Brad Holmes will have seen something that I didn't. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt to see if he works out. But like, don't take a safety. Don't take any linebackers. Don't just take an edge rusher or quarterback and, uh, you know, and I won't jump out my window <laughs> as long as they don't do that. And then, yeah, like I said, with the end of that first round, just best player available or trade up, you know, whatever, whatever, however the cards fall for you. And then everything else, you know, hopefully I get to laugh at how much you want to bet Green Bay still isn't going to draft a wide receiver, even though they just lost Devontae Adams. I'm gonna lose. Uh, I'm gonna laugh my ass off when that happens. I yeah, I don't It'll know. Be great. I. Mm, that would be that would be. I really love. I think isn't. Who would you say would be the best? The bet. Who's the best team to to watch suffer? I really like watching Jets fans suffer, which you probably really is do. Fair. Even though the Jets are not great. But they've won a Super Bowl. 
Yeah, that's so that's I don't true. have sympathy. So it's I like yeah, watching. I guess Jets it's not like with the Lions or like. I like watching Packers fans suffer because you know rivalry. Love watching Cowboys fans suffer. I mean that's the that's the Cowboys have actually drafted somewhat well lately. Like they got the best one, probably you know best second best player in the draft last year in Micah Parsons. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm all you know. I've all mine. My two are like Green Bay or the the Jets is a big one because I don't understand the people that root for the Jets. Like E T S Jets Jets Jets. <laughs> I um like of of the teams that like if I were a New York team or I mean I'm sorry New York fan, I would definitely root for the Giants. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like just because you know I mean the, the the Giants haven't been like relevant since like I mean if it if not for Eli Manning and that like run he had I, I don't think the the Giants I mean they snuck their way into two Super Bowls and beat Tom Brady twice yeah you know I think that that is in an, anything else I I don't know I just think that like that that is something that you know I I just I don't know it seems like the I it's easier to root for the giants than it is the jets. They got a dumb name, dumb logo. Like just, just could tear down the team and give me a new one. Dumb you logo. Know? I don't know. It's a football. That's green. What, what is that? You know, you look like the Boston Celtics, but different. Oh my God. Yeah. It's green. What other teams are green? I mean, the Jets has a few permutations of their logo that I actually don't mind. Yeah, well, whatever. I uh, I don't. Know. But yeah, I I don't know. I have a dislike. And I mean, I and I mean yeah. the way that the Jets have just gone through quarterback after quarterback, they recycle quarterbacks more than most Americans recycle plastic. You know what the you know what the Jets do? The Jets wish cycle. That's what the Jets do. The Jets wish cycle their quarterbacks. They're like, he might be good. Yeah. That might work out. <laughs> you know? And hoping it all works <laughs> it's out. It's not. It's there's you know, we we haven't we haven't really got you anything else, but we we'll just throw you in and see what see what happens. Yep. Yeah. It's it's a pain. Like I think, in my opinion, I think that the Jets fans have it worse than the Lions fans because at the least the Jets fans, like, I, well, at least the Lions fans, sort of like, I don't know, like they just never done anything. Like with the Jets, I feel like it's possible, you know, to do something. With the Lions, it's like, ah, you know. Um, I did want to say something too, because uh, I know you mentioned Brad Holmes, um, and I know that like. I don't understand people like I, I like I know you're talking about having some hesitancy with him. I don't understand. I am all in on Brad Holmes, 100%. Like as someone who 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 lives in Michigan, like I think that Brad Holmes can do a good job. Oh, I mean, I think he can do a good job. I'm just you know. I mean, I'm not going to be. I'm not willing to him. give anyone in the city of the benefit of the doubt except for Steve Eiserman. That's true. Steve Eiserman's proven he can be a GM in the NHL. He's the team. The team he built is currently going for a three P in 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 Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean that's so, true. That's true. That's true. I will say. I will say that I am a lot, and I and you know this, but I, I'm a lot more hesitant with Dan Campbell than I am with Brad Holmes, just because Brad Holmes has at least something 
in his job description that he has done before. You know, like he was he, drafting guys. Dan Campbell never called a play before the, the thing. And we all saw how that panned out. He lost a few games doing it. So, you know what I mean? Like it's already affected his job. I just don't yeah. like, even if, even by the greatest of comebacks, you know, like Matt Patricia was already weighing over his head and he could not get, he never earned my respect from day one. You know, whereas like with Dan Campbell, like I was a little nervous at first and you already got me off on a bad start. Now I'm already a little bit more pessimistic about it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I Maybe, maybe, maybe the Lions. I, I just think, I just think like, again, he's got to prove it. And this draft is going to do a lot to prove it. I think it. so. Um, yeah. When the Lions finally do take a QB, I'm really wondering who it will be. They're either going to draft one next year or they could draft Willis this year. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to draft one either next year or trade for one next year. Huh. How many? Well, it's too early to say. I do want to. I do want to. Who do you think is the first QB taken this year? Malik Willis. You think it's going to be Malik Willis? Okay. What if a team gets greedy and takes Kenny Pickett? Pickett? I could see Carolina. Like it'll either be Carolina takes Pickett or Pittsburgh's trading up to get Willis. Because because here's my because my thing is when I look at the when I look at the who's available, Malik Willis is the risky choice, right? I mean, you got to take a take a risk to win, but right, well, yeah, and you want a great environment for him, right? Like I think, like we've talked about before, he would probably flourish in Pittsburgh. Um. But Kenny Pickett would work in most systems. Like he has the highest, he has a higher floor, in my opinion, than Kenny than Malik Willis does. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think Malik Willis has like a great ceiling, obviously, with Lamar and all that. Yeah, great athleticism, huge arm, but has accuracy concerns. Whereas right. uh <clears throat> and I mean that's that's what they said too about uh, Josh Allen. Got, you know. What's they said again? that about Josh Allen. If Josh Allen, if the Bills had it, not taken a not risk, the same as Josh. Yeah, I know. They both came from small schools. They both came. Both had accuracy concerns. Both have rocket arms. Both have, uh, you know. So he's not the same, but he is. Like they have comps, but they're they're not the same quarterback. And also, yeah. like I, I very much like I think he pick or. Willis has way more athleticism, but I think his accuracy concerns are even more concerning than Josh Allen's were. Okay. So he's going to need a really good coach and a good system to do well. And granted, he would have somewhat of that here because he would have a great offensive line and a great running game. And depending on who we draft this year, a really good receiving core. If so, one more question for you then. When, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis are drafted. Do you think either of them, do you think any quarterback in this draft will start this season? If only Pickett would have a chance of starting. Like, oh wait, like when the start when the season starts or start at any point this season? Start at any point. I think Willis, if he's drafted, he's the most pro ready. He would start definitely. Willis would be like 
it depends on the team that drafts him. If the team that drafts him has like a shitty, just like filler QB, okay, like the Lions, the Lions, yeah, they probably would. If they drafted him, I could see Willis. He probably doesn't play this year, if I'm being honest. He, if he does, it's like maybe a game or two after Thanksgiving. It would be late in the season when we're either playing for something or, or you know, we're just letting him get some game reps in. Huh. Very interesting. It's just so weird. You know, I mean, I wish, you know, if, if you're asking me, I wish I was my grandpa and I was in Las Vegas with Aiden Hutchinson's family watching the watching Aiden Hutchinson get drafted. <laughs> Hopefully not to the Lions. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. He, he's not even a Lions fan. He grew is, is up a Patriots fan. He's a Patriots fan and a Michigan fan because he liked. I assume it was a Brady thing. That's that's very possible. That's how it he was for me for years. The two bigger powerhouses, you know. You pick a team that's always that's always been a winner. Yeah, you pick the Patriots, and then you pick Michigan, who you know they used to be winners. Yeah, but like, but like, in what sort of way? You know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I mean, like the nineties. Yeah, they were, they were right. I mean, those were alive when that was happening. Right, like he's younger than us. That's well, right, and that's and that's totally true. That's totally true. So I just never, mean, other than this year, and you know that. So you know, the Michigan pick isn't like. It's not like they were like, oh, they're always. It's, it's not like you picked Alabama. You know, right. Well, and like, a lot of people winning. like they always he's actually put a big it. reason why Michigan even got had any relevance this season. And good That's for true. him. That's and true. good for him, you know, doing everything he can to bump his draft stock up. You know, that right, was all. He, I don't know where he would have been drafted without, you know, I I guess if like the only year he did, he would have only been he's a he's a second rounder at best. So Aiden Hutchinson. When when you talk about his NFL draft stock, do you think that like does the Georgia game like I I feel like the Georgia game would make me more nervous for Hutchinson? Say that again. Like when 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 Michigan played Georgia in the college football playoff, does uh-huh. that game and the way that Hutchinson performed does that not make you nervous for his? A little bit, but I also like Chase Young kind of disappeared in the uh, in the the college football playoff before he True. got drafted. I, I don't judge a player on his entire on one game in college, especially because he will get NFL coaching and conditioning. His size and technique will only get better in theory. So, ah. Uh, I don't worry about that as much. I just, you know, like I said, what I see on uh, his, like I said, his technique can get better. I just don't think he has the better pass rush moves and techniques to, um, <coughs> to really be an elite guy. He'll be a very good NFL player. I just don't think he's going to be elite by any means. You know what so I mean? you'd be excited if the lions take him. Yeah. If the Lions well, get him, I, I I don't know if I'll be excited because he's not my favorite, but I'll I won't be mad. So you want you want uh, Thibodeau? I want Thibodeau, one hundred percent. Who do you want the Lions to take at thirty two? 
trade up. I want to trade up. You want them to trade if, up? I want to get them to go. Remember, I want them to trade 32 and 34, <coughs> trade up to like 15 and get Devin Lloyd, linebacker, or Drake London, or you know whoever they have is like ranked in their top 10 on their big board. Right. If they're, if they're forcing me to stay there, um, give me, I want a receiver and a linebacker you know like so like i want like a christian watson and either like uh daxton hill or lewis sign as safeties or i want uh i can't think of the linebackers who are being mocked there but one of those guys uh, yeah i want and now if they go all defense with those first three picks i'm also not gonna be mad about that if they go like linebacker you know edge rusher with the first pick linebacker Safety, not going to be mad one bit. Hmm. I do want an, an explosive receiver, but I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Huh. Well, I am excited, Griff. Very. Yeah. Uh... It's gonna be a good time. Listen, it's it's the Super Bowl for 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 Lions fan. <laughs> you know what we should uh, do? No. We should break down the MLB draft when that comes on. Never going to happen. I'd rather. <laughs> <coughs> No, jump off. I'd rather oh, jump off. Of, uh... I um no. before we before we wrap up, I really want to talk about um this conversation I had with my grandpa. I have to share it. Okay, I have to share it. So, and because I've mentioned right that so my grandpa's, uh, to spare him the the privacy, he is, um, seeing someone. You know, it's a it's a good time. And that person is allegedly in Aiden Hutchinson's family. So he is spending the time, that time with her. Right. And so he's, he's with the, the family right now and it's very exciting, but my grandpa is a very interesting person and he is, he it, love him to death. But when I called him, cause I had to pick something up from his house. So I called him today and I asked him, uh, like if he's home and he's like, nah, son, I am poolside in Vegas. And I am like, okay, you're drunk. And I don't understand it. You are having your life is more fun than mine is anyway. Um, the, the funny thing though, is, is he told, told me he's in Vegas and then he goes on to say what it's for. And he said, he's going for the Heisman celebration. <laughs> Like really got me for a second there because obviously it's the NFL draft. And I asked him if that's what he meant. And he's like, no, I'm going to see if Aiden Hutchinson is going to win the Heisman. And I lost it that at that point. And I was like, okay, grandpa, have fun. That was, uh, that was the extent of my phone call. So just so you know, he is in, according to him, he is in Vegas uh, with Aiden Hutchinson's family waiting for the results of the Heisman ceremony, which came out in December. So, you know, very, uh, you know, very exciting, very exciting stuff. So if you want an autograph, Griff, I got you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, let me just send If you, my, uh... I will get you a jersey signed. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I will. I'll take Abs it. I'm Absolutely. not gonna say no. <laughs> I would not say no. Oh my gosh. I um yeah. 
I I don't even know because I hate asking for things like that. But like I'll be like, hey, can you can you mail it to him when he's like big and pro and whatever? Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, I mean, you know, again, like even though I'm an MSU fan, it's still like one of those things where like he's a good player, you know, you can't fault him for that. Plus, yep. Michigan, it's not even like he beat Michigan State. So what do I care? You know. True, true, very true. Very true, Griff. All right, Griff. All do right. you know what time we are going to stream tomorrow? Yeah, we're gonna go live. Uh, we're gonna go live at like seven thirty, seven forty-five. Um, draft starts at eight. Um, you know, we'll, we'll like I said, we'll jump on 15, 20 minutes early before draft. Kind of shoot the shit, talk a little bit, and then um, you know, we're just gonna be hanging out. It's gonna be real chill. Um, nothing. You know, it's not gonna be like this. We're like performing. Like, there's gonna be moments where Brad and I aren't saying words. This isn't gonna be like put on Spotify. This is really just to record, and um, you know, it's gonna be great content because I'm gonna potentially freak out. <laughs> Very exciting. It's gonna be a good stuff. time. But no, just Brad and I want to hang out and uh, watch the draft together. So we figured we might as well record it and uh, make a little content out of it. So, yep, seven forty-five. Come hang out. We'll be eating and drinking i'm off on friday which is great i've been going on vacation so it's not like i can party but you know i don't have to worry about going to work the next day which is very nice yeah very uh very nice yeah it's gonna be a good time be there or be square and um yeah man let's uh shall shall we send the people off and uh, see see you next week uh, i think we uh i think we should and I'm going to try to figure out the camera. All right. Everyone, thank you so very much for watching. Take this. Uh, uh, on behalf of Brad and myself, thank you so very much for watching. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow for the draft and again, new episode next, next week. Uh, we will see you all very soon. Hopefully your team doesn't do anything stupid in the draft tomorrow and throughout the weekend. Uh, Make your bets, be smart with your bets, and always don't and never forget to make your free throws. See ya.